Hi, welcome to In the Pacha, where I, Sam Reinstein, Rabbi at Congregation Israel in Brooklyn, have conversations with different educators about the weekly Torah portion. This week for Parshat Mishpatim, I'm honored to be with Rabbi Shlomo Pell. Hi, Shlomo. Hey, Sam. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank God. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we've we've met. I was lucky enough to meet you in person in Atlanta uh, when I was going for a flight. But uh, for those that have never met you before, do you mind introducing yourself? Happy to. Happy to. Um, so my name is uh, is Shlomo Pill. Um, I have a little bit of a um, varied, I guess, resume. Um, I am I'm a lawyer, um, although I, I practice only a little bit. Um, I spend most of my time as a, a professor at Emory University. Um, I teach um, Judaism as well as Islam at uh, the. Candler School of Theology, which is um, Emory's seminary for training uh, Christian ministers. Um, so I think I'm probably, I'm not the only Orthodox Jew uh, teaching at a Christian seminary, um, but I am probably the only one teaching Islam at a Christian seminary. Um, so that's a little bit strange. Um, I also teach, uh, I also teach courses on American law for clergy and for the uh, religious institution, administration, churches, and religious schools, and things like that. Um, and um, on top of that, I'm a senior fellow at the Center for the Study of Law and Religion, which is also located at Emory University at the Law School, which is one of the premier uh, places in the country, and really, I think, in the world, um, for studying the relationship between religion and law. Um, in the modern world and in um, modern countries, so that's sort of right. uh, that's sort of where my where where I come from and what I do. Cool. So a whole bunch of varied stuff, uh, and part. I mean, this was part of the reason I thought it'd be interesting to have you for Parsha Mishpatim, just um, in particular, just because it's all about, you know, all these uh, laws, and it's good to have somebody not just that's a lawyer, but uh, somebody that has like a background like a serious academic background in law and how that functions, especially because you have it in how it functions in so many different societies, America, Muslim, Jewish. Um, so I'm yeah, excited. it's, it's, it's a little unfair. This is sort of a, such a juicy Parsha, especially I think for me right. uh, that uh, to, <laughs> to sort of choose something to talk about and, and to focus right. a little bit is, is, is a challenge, but we'll try. Right. Okay, cool. Um, so before we get to that, I'm just going to give a quick summary of the Parsha. Um, try to do it under 30 seconds. We'll see if I can do it. Okay. After getting the Torah in last week's Parsha, Mishpatim deals with many mundane laws. It includes laws related to slaves, personal injury, personal injury, property damage, loans, laws of Shemitah, when every seventh year the land would rest. The Parsha ends with the blessings that will occur if they listen to these rules, and Moshe is summoned to come up for 40 days to get the tablets. Okay. Wow. Um, you did that well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I skipped a whole bunch of details, <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. So I'm curious to hear um, what you wanted to focus on for today. Um, sure. So um, I think, um, and, and I guess on some level, uh, this is the, the, both uh, the, the lawyer in me and uh, also the um, 
core um, but aspiring Musser practitioner in me. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the the few times in uh, Parshas Mishpatim that um, God warns us uh, and admonishes us uh, to be very careful in the way we relate to Gerim. Um, strangers, as Rashi makes clear, um, sort of the, the Torah's use of the word ger is always a little bit ambiguous, um, as are many other terms in the Torah, of course, but um, gerim in particular, right. it's always sort of unclear about what we're talking about, if we're talking about gerit tzedek, uh, converts to Judaism, or if we're talking about uh, ger toshav, um, or we're talking about uh, something else, some other sort of stranger. Rashi here um, in, in Parshas Mishvatim uh, makes very, very clear to us um, that um, in Parshas Mishpatim, when God tells us um, the ger lo sona, don't oppress a ger velo sechalt senu, and don't uh, don't uh, limit their rights, don't uh, take things away from them, which uh, hits us both with with a, a concern for how we speak and, and refer to gerim in sort of a onas devarim type of way, as well as how we. Um, deal with them in a more concrete, legal way. What rights do they have, and and how do we um, actually treat them in practice? Um, Rashi tells us very clearly that who we're talking about is not Ger Tzedek and not Gerit Toshav, um, but Adam Shalom Nolad Ba'osa Medina Elabami Medina Cheres Lakersham. We're talking about people who, um, quite literally, are just strangers. People who um, are here, um, wherever here is, um, people that are here um, and aren't from here. And so um, being here is a little strange for them. Um, it's unsettling, um, it's unfamiliar. And um, they're therefore, um, as we know, particularly vulnerable um, populations. Um, it's easy to take advantage of them. Um, they're in positions where they can easily, they allow themselves to easily be taken advantage of. Um, and, and the Torah several times here, along with uh, referring to other categories of um, potentially marginalized or vulnerable people. Uh, the Torah is, is careful here to tell us that um, we've got to be um, careful not to uh, not to go after them, um, not to uh, treat them in the way that, that their position and their status and their experience might lend themselves to be treated. Um, twice, twice it tells us this, um, first in, in Perichaf Beis, later on in Perichaf Gimel, um, and um, this is part of, I think, and this is sort of an important feature of, of Parshas Mishpatim. Um, right after getting the Aseris Hadibros, we have a Parsha full of um, mundane laws, mostly mundane laws. Some of them are sort of what we think of um, big religion, um, especially right. the end of the Parsha, Nasa Nishma, this is big stuff. Um, but most of the Parsha is mundane. Um, some people might even say some of it is um, archaic or anachronistic talking about slaves and and, and things like that um, but, and oxes and yeah yeah that's right yeah um but um, but i think um i think that that really um what the torah needs to do and what god very very much understands that um if he's going to create a religious community um, part of what that entails is creating a society um, societies have to function on all levels. Societies don't function purely in the realm of uh, what we, I guess, in the West think of as religion or what we would think of as ritual or ben adam lemakom. That's not um, exclusively where societies function. Um, that's not really where societies function at all. We know that um, in the modern world where certainly 
Uh, you know, for the last 500 years or so in, in the Western world, we've had a gradual, gradual um, separation um, between what we could think of as civil society on the one hand and religion on the other hand. And the two um, don't really, um, are, aren't the same, certainly. Um, and increasingly, they're viewed as, as things that shouldn't really um, impact each other too badly. Um, the state or civil society shouldn't tell us uh, much about religion, and religion shouldn't tell us much about how, how we should run a state. And I think um, while there's a lot of truth to that, even I think from a Torah and Halakha perspective, and I've written about that topic in the past, I think Chazal and I think um, post, um, post Chasimus HaGemara, um, the rabbis um, were very, very um, wary of um, society and politics becoming a tool of, of religion and vice versa. I'm still... Uh, the Torah here is telling us something very important, and that is um, to create a religious community of the type that um, God wants us to be. Um, this is not uh, a ritual community, but this is also a civil community, a civil society, and that means creating a certain type of society. And Parshas Mishpatim, in many, many ways, start, starts to lay that out for us. And in this respect, um, especially when it comes to um, Gerim and a lot of the laws that are sandwiched in between the, the Torah's two references to um, oppressing and 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 um, and marginalizing Gerim in Parshas Mishpatim, a lot of the laws are are seem to be pushing towards uh, the creation of a society where um, equality um, equality under law is sort of very very fundamental. Um, you might think that being kind and being merciful um, is, is so important that you have to weight cases in favor of the poor litigants, the poor defendant or the poor plaintiff um, against the big rich company, um, fine for the poor person, because why not? Um, that's a fair and nice thing to do. The Torah says absolutely not. You don't do that. Um, equality before the law is critical, but equality, of course, cuts both ways. And that means when it comes to the gear, um, the gear gets treated the same way as everybody else. Um, needs to be treated the same way as everybody else. Um, at the same time, we have um, these laws, these and others, again, are, are pushing towards um, the creation of a society that's not only about law and equality under the law and sort of a blind justice, um, but a, a society that's based on chesed, a society that's based on kindness, uh, Mishpatim is chock full of interesting laws that are unenforceable, fundamentally unenforceable. No system of law could ever enforce such laws. Um, and in fact, on some level, um, many aspects of Parshas Mishpatim speak uh, from two sides of the same mouth. Um, on the one hand, you have to repay your debts. On the other hand, we have restrictions on how you can go about securing payment on, on, on uh, the debts that you're holding against other people. Um, and there's no really good effective way um, to enforce a lot of this stuff. Ger Losona, don't say bad things about Gerim. Okay, and if I said bad things about Gerim, what are you going to do? Do we police speech? It's not very clear that there's any mechanism in halacha to police speech in this way, or that there's any penalty to punish people um, for misspeaking in this way. And there's lots of stuff here that's just not um, sort of enforceable in a regular life sense. Right. Like like cursing cursing your parents or... Or um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, 
Um, yeah, more than that, right? These are all yeah. these are all what we what we would class as lavin she'en bomaisa, for which there is no actual penalty. Um, you don't get punished. Uh, sure, it's a sin between you and God, but um, but we're not talking about sin here. Um, not really. We're talking about law, and we're talking about how you create um, the type of society the Torah wants to create. Um, that sort of society is not just a law society, not just an equality and justice society. It's also a community where kindness is essential because you don't create community based on law. Uh, you create community based on relationships and kindness and equity and magnanimity. Um, and those two um, those two ideas are, are sort of um, a constant play over here. And I think they're very present in, in the way the Torah talks about Gerim, um, where on the one hand, it tells us um, you have to treat Gerim equally with everybody else. Um, equally with everybody else, these are vulnerable people who have to have the same rights. Uh, you can't you can't take away from them. You can't diminish from them what what everybody else has and the same rights and, and obligations and and entitlements that any other member of society has under the law. Um, at the same time, it talks to us in terms of chesed, ger lo sona. Um, that's not law. Um, that's chesed. That's community. That's relationship. There's a way you have to view people. Um, and if you don't view those people, but Salem Elo Kim, um, then that undermines the type of society um, the Torah is trying to is trying to create as well. And, um, and just to take it a little bit further, um, I would say um, that there's another, I guess, aspect at play over here, which is um, the the Mafarshim, Rashi, the Ramban, many others sort of discuss what it is, why God is telling us, right? Don't don't be mean to Gerim because Kigerim Hayisem Be'eretz Mitzrayim, or um, or because because you 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 the Yadatem as Nefesh Hager, you understand what it is to be a Ger. You've been there. Right. Um, you were in Mitzrayim. You understand that. And so Rashi and the Ramban all point out that you understand it, you can empathize, and, and you know what this is like. Um, the Ramban takes it even further, and he says, um, be really careful with this, because you know what happened when you were Gerim um, and were mistreated. Um, Gerim have no one to turn to. They don't have the justice system to turn to because they're outside the system, because in an unfair system, um, they can't get an even shake in the courts and in the law and in the political process. Um, who do they turn to? And who did you turn to when you were gay in Be'eretz Mitzrayim? You turned to me, and guess what? Um, I'm not going to let them um, lose out, and I'm not going to let people be, right. beat up on them. I'm going to take care of it. Now, the Ramban speaks, to, speaks of it very scarily, um, sort of, uh, um, I take care of these people, God is saying. Um, the way I took care of you, um, and I did terrible right. things to Mitzrayim. I can do terrible things to you, um, if you if you treat the ger improperly. Um, but there's one other thing I think that's very interesting. Immediately after, um, the second time in Parshas Mishpatim, we mention okay um, gerim. Um, that right. that segues immediately into the shemitah discussion. Um, right. Rav Hirsch, I think, has a very insightful comment here, and that is um, the connection here is um, that part of the um, care that you're supposed to take with Gerim, um, as he says with many mitzvahs, you know, mitzvahs are not just um, to, um, some mitzvahs are, are there, mitzvahs for him in particular, uh, mitzvahs are not there just to do the right thing, but doing the right thing is supposed to teach you something more about um, bigger ideas. 
And here, Garen um, sort of hits on both of these. Um, it's, it's just and fair and appropriate to treat the ger equally. Good. Um, but he says that's supposed to teach you something and inculcate a very important idea, which is um, that we are all gerim in a larger sense. Um, and um, we're here um, on earth and we have the things that we have, la'avdo lishamra. Um, we have the things we have not because they're ours and not because we're entitled to them and not because um, my country or my car or my house or, or my money and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, we have to understand that we're here as Geirim the same way real Geirim are here in our country as Geirim, and we should relate to them in, in a way and understand the fragility of that situation. We should understand our fragility of our relationship with um, to our, right, with, to our with own property land. and, and material right. and, and, and land and so on and so forth. He's very big on this when it comes to when it comes to land and, and Eretz Yisrael in particular. Um, our relationship is fragile um, and it's dependent on how we use these things. Um, and we shouldn't get too comfortable with any such things because um, um, we have to understand that our relationship between, uh, between ourselves and materialism is a, is a gare-type relationship. Um, and so he sees right. this at some level and the connection to Shemitah, sort of a, a, um, a, a, a condemnation of sort of, I guess what we might call today a sort of, I guess, conspicuous consumption or, or, or right. improper materialism. Um, nice things are good. Um, and, and you know what, and it's the best thing in the world. If you have your land, um, you should make it grow as much as you can, as the best stuff that you can, um, GMO and everything uh, the best produce that you can come up with, um, because love the Lishamra, that's what you have the land for. Um, but you have to realize that, um, that it's not your land. Um, it's a trust. Um, and you've just been given these things in order to do good things. And uh, that's how you have to. That's how you have to relate to these things. And and so uh, certain levels of materialism. It's nothing wrong with nice things. I think um, nothing wrong with in, uh, with with enjoying the world. That's why it's here. Um, but uh, perspective again. This is this is part of uh, how the Torah often and regularly um, speaks um, with two voices at the same time, um, which is a common uh, a common theme. There's a sort of an internal tension and and and, and a multi vocalness in the Torah where. At the same time that I can tell you um, your land is good and you should work your land and so on and so forth, at the same time, you have to pull back a little bit and understand the other side of the issue. Um, so, so a couple of... So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, just to put that all together, uh, it sounds like essentially that the on one level, the goal of Mishpatim is to just create a society where everyone feels like kind of like they're in it together. Um, and you do that when you're in it together, you want to be treated fairly and equally, but you also want to be given a break if you need a break. And those two things kind of come into conflict with each other, and that's the two sides of that same coin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we and we treat that we should treat the guy that same way because we're in it with them, kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's a good point. Right. Interesting. Um. Do you think that's a, uh, a like a philosophy that's unique to to like the Torah, or is that something that you could see in American law or Muslim law or whatever it may be? Um, well, no, that's a big question. It's a big it's a big question. I, I would say, yeah, um, um, I think. Uh, 
I think that it's um, certainly unique to the Torah for its time. Um, that is probably absolutely 100% true, although I'm not a great, uh, I, I'm not a great scholar or any sort of scholar of sort of um, anything ancient Near Eastern studies. And so I don't know. Um, but um, I would say that that such ideas are definitely present um, in, if not in American law, then in American lore. Um, you sort of look outside, I guess, what, what we would call um, the law in the United States, which um, obviously changes and develops and evolves over time as uh, through legislation and judicial decisions and things like this. But um, if you look at the way um, American lore has viewed what America is all about, um, and you can go back sort of to very, very early settlers who, who came um, to America um, with this sort of very biblically inspired idea that we're building this shining city on a hill. They really th thought, viewed themselves as sort of um, tasked with right. building this kind of society. Um, and they drew inspiration from these sorts of things. And of course, those kinds of ideas um, definitely wound their way into, um, I guess, um, the American psyche on some level, or, or as others have put it, sort of the American civil religion um, which is sort of just the way we have, there, there sort of once was, maybe not so much anymore, but there once was sort of this kind of civil religion in America that aside from the law, the law creates a framework for things and ensures that people are dealt with um, fairly, but we have a, a culture um, in how we um, interact with people and, and uh, what we view uh, the project uh, that is America uh, as being about. And I think that has always, um, from much of our history, been very, very biblically inspired and, and specifically by these kinds of ideas. Right, almost like the life, you know, the, you know, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness type. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Type things are going all the way back. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Huh. Um, so I... I what I was thinking of talking about, actually, I feel like relates to this. It's on like the same, it's like a little bit of a different concept, but I feel like it, it connects to it. Um, just because in Mishpatim, when Mishpatim starts, uh, you know, it just seems very stark. Like it goes all the way, it, you know, we get the Torah, it's like this amazing thing. And then all of a sudden we start talking about slaves and then we're talking about like personal injury. And like, it seems very mundane and Especially so, because if you look at just at the beginning, when it's like Ve'elam Mishpatim, and these are the ordinances, so the Midrash, which Rashi quotes, argues that it's literally a continuation, that these same things were said on Har Sinai. Um, and it just seems to me, at least on its face, very odd um, that these things would be. But I, I think that's, I don't know, it's very Jewish, this concept of uh, of that these like very mundane laws are like religious in some way um, that they're um, like given on Harsinai, they're given the same weight as, as you know, that I am the Lord, your God, those type very religious ideas. And kind of, I think that's a very Jewish concept of like, maybe this is the second side of the coin you were, you were talking about where in terms of like um, that the laws have like a religious tint of them in order to make them because they're religious also in the sense that you have to be kind and you have to be, while you're also being lawful, you also have to be kind. And that's part of like, it's religious as well. Um, 
And I don't know, I feel like that's a uniquely Jewish thing um, on some level. Um, so I think maybe on some level, but I, but I would say that the, the notion the notion that um, uh, we find uh, we can find religion or we can find sort of um, divine significance in these very mundane um, kind of laws um, is certainly uh, certainly present in in um, other other traditions, uh, other religious traditions, I guess, where law is very central. Um, so in the Islamic tradition, right. Islamic law in many okay. ways looks very similar to, um, to halacha. Right, to Jewish law. And um, not, not so much in the, in the substance of, you know, the specific rules, but um, in the system as a whole, which sort of is all-encompassing in the way we understand halacha to be all-encompassing. Um, and, and is heavily detail-oriented, although somewhat less so than halacha. But um, definitely sort of uh, views um, the details as being very significant, um, even the mundane details and the regulation of mundane um, parts of life um, is very significant. And I think that this is true on some level um, in, in even secular uh, law systems. I, I, would, I would say maybe this is a little bit, um, this is a little bit out there, but I would say that there's something deeply Maybe religious isn't the right word exactly, but I'll use the word religious. There's something deeply religious about law and, and mundane aspects of the law. Um, law is sort of this social mechanism, um, this creation that, that, that human society has put together for itself um, that um, without actually forcing people most of the time to do things and behave a certain way, um, has a way of civilizing us um, and enabling us to um, be better as a community, better as individuals, um, respect other people, um, sometimes just because we need them to respect us, other times because uh, it's the right thing to do, and even when they don't respect us, we're going to respect them. Um, but law is sort of the, the means by which we kind of formalize those kinds of tendencies where um, it's something very, very human. Um, and to the extent that it's very, very human, um, it's very godly. It's godlike, um, I would say. Um, and so uh, law, law is basically really at bottom is about, um, I am not going to take everything I can. Um, I'm going to limit myself and respect you. Um, even though it costs me a little bit. Um, I'm big and strong and I have lots of guns. Um, but I'm not going to steal your car and your house and all your money and shoot you. Um, right. That's a silly, um, a silly idea. Uh, just you know, uh, speaking a, a, as we sit here um, now, um, but it's very profound, um, sort of uh, from a from a sort of long-term human perspective. That's a very profound idea, um, and the fact that we're going to say that um, just because I'm strong um, doesn't mean I can do what I want, and you're weak and you now have confidence in the fact that even though you can't always defend yourself and even though you can't always call the police when the strong man comes to get you right. or um, the very strong man knocks on your door, um, you're confident that the strong man knocks on your door to borrow a cup of sugar, not to steal your house. Um, that's, that's a hugely right. profound thing. I at least see it as um, very religious on some level. 
Um, that's a recognition that 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 human beings are are are, are significant, and the way we treat other human beings um, oh. is significant and has to be um, on some sort of equal footing based on fundamental norms of proper modes right. of behavior. Um, and um, I so I see that as a very religious um, idea in some way, and and that and that's in the mundane law. Um, I'm right. going to drive in some level. I'm in a rush. That's similar to what you were talking before. Yeah, I, I'm in a rush. I want to drive fast, but I'm going to drive slowly and carefully because there are other people around me. Um, now, we formalize that in law um, to let everyone know what everyone has sort of agreed as a safe way of driving. We're going to drive at this speed limit on the right side of the street and, and leave this amount of space in between cars and have functioning brake lights and so on and so forth. Um, we formalized it, so we lose sight of what it's really about. Um, but it expresses something so so profound, which is um, just because I'm in a rush doesn't give me an excuse to to treat everybody else as unimportant. Um, that's that's a profoundly religious idea, uh, on on a very fundamental level. I um, mean, it only it's only really expressed in these mundane areas of life. We just happen to lose sight of it often. Right. I feel like you could you could focus on that like every day while you're, you know, crossing the street and you're, or while you're you know. Um, you know, op- keeping the door open for somebody or whatever it may be. Like, I feel like if you focused on that, you can almost focus on it too much, like with every single law that you see um, that comes up throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. You could. And that's sort of like uh, when when people start law school and, you know, after their first semester of law school, they're, they, they walk down the street and they see a lawsuit here and a lawsuit there and a lawsuit there. And um, that's you know the way they see the world. It's almost like it's almost like Rav Soloveitchik's halachic man, and you start seeing um, lovelids and amos and 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 every little halachic detail and all of the normal world things that are going on around you. Um, they, I wouldn't. Uh, there there are there are definitely drawbacks to that uh, sort of way of thinking, but but I think there's also something very profound. On some level, um, it's an expression. It's a way of of doing shivisi Hashem lenegdi summit on some level. Uh, where in these very, very mundane things, you can recognize that something profoundly religious is going on, um, and people are are actually living that out. Um, I find that, at least uh, just for me personally, I find that to be a, a significant idea, and um, and an inspiring one, uh, and and an, a a um, I guess optimistic one on some level. Um, often, you know, you can sort of see see the world in a bad light, but. Um, and see see a lot of things that go on in a bad light. But um, I think law and the fact that we have law regulated societies. Look at there's societies out there that are anarch uh, that are that are in, in anarchy. Um, these are yeah. and you see the difference um, and and the respect for for human life and human um, um, humans as selamelokim and therefore they have rights and and you have obligations towards them. Um, I find that to be a, a profound recognition of of God. Um, even if sometimes the uh, legal systems and, and people don't admit it. Right. Um, okay. I, I think that's a great place to end. Um, any last thoughts? No, or... uh, fantastic. I just wish okay. everyone a good Shabbos and enjoy the Parsha. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And for those listening, uh, pay attention to the next episodes of In the Parsha.